What's going on, everybody? Welcome in it in to another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. Joe and I took the week off, tried to gather our thoughts because that's how wild the Super Bowl was. So we had went on a mini hiatus. More or less, I went on vacation. So that's the real answer. But you know, we're here. <laughs> um, Joe, long time no see. How you been, brother? Living a dream, baby. We're here. Got a big time golf itch right now. It's 65 degrees outside. I was highly considering taking a half day of work today because it's President's Day. But, you know, my work doesn't give me off, so I had to work through that. But, you know, we're looking ahead. We're looking ahead. How about you, Blaine? No, uh, I uh, sat in the frozen tundra of Lava Hot Springs, Idaho, for the last four days. Um, That's contradicting, huh? Lava Springs and tundra? You know, yeah, kind of different. Hot Springs frozen. I mean, dude, bro, at one night, I don't know if you saw like my Snapchat, it was like negative 10 when I pulled into my house. I was like, this is gonna freaking suck. The car pretty much died three times trying to start it up. It was not a solid weekend because all I did was shovel snow, but you know, I, I it was great. It was good. It was that does not interest me office. one bit. I know it doesn't. I, I mean, golf for you, it's 65 and you can go play golf. I can't do that. I'm happy if I can actually go like sledding or something or go ski, but I can't ski or snowboard for my life. So fuck my life. That's it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> just stand inside and stare out the window and be like, uh, watch the snowfall. That's all you do. And play video games. I, I went to the hot springs. I did oh, go to the okay. hot springs one night. So oh. that was not bad. I went swimming, went to the pool. You know, I tried to do anything that was indoor related, keep me warm. I was going to say, you weren't swimming outdoors. I will say no, that. No, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not that dumb. I, I got close. I was like, you know, a polar plunge doesn't sound so bad. Until you step the foot outside, you go, oh, okay, we're coming right back in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, but, man. Right, well, how, uh, how about we talk some Super Bowl? Because, you know, last time we got, got on the air, it's the Super Bowl has taken place. We're, we, we were wrong. Shout out to Marcus. He was the only one that got it right. And he kind of rubbed it in our face the entire episode that Patrick Mahomes was going to do his thing. And that's exactly what happened in that second half. The Kansas City Chiefs bring home the Lombardi Trophy with a 38-35 to victory. Absolutely phenomenal football game. The Eagles got off to a flying start in that first half, leading by double digits going into the break at 24-14. And then Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes do what they do best, make an adjustment. And the Kansas City Chiefs were not stopped in that second half, winning the game 38 to 35. Joe, absolutely phenomenal game. Where would you put this Super Bowl up there in these last decade or so? Because I know we did a rankings of of our best Super Bowl last last episode. Where would you put it there? It was definitely up there. Uh, it was definitely probably top three. Top four Super Bowl over the last 10 years. Um, I still think the Eagles Super Bowl versus the Patriots is easily one of the best, especially over the last 10 right, years, right, just high right. scoring yards on yards on yards, which is kind of, I mean, the scoring aspect um, in this game really gave you it. But I wouldn't say the yards on yards on yards kind of thing either. Um, but no, it was, it was a very, very interesting game. When the game got done, I was sitting around a lot of Eagles fans and um, you know, they were down in dumps a little bit, but I kind of turned to them. I was like, I'm going to be honest, guys. It's like, I know this is really hurting deep down inside, but like it was a really good football game. Um, Phenomenal football game. Like very back and forth. One team led in the first half, another team led in the second half, kind of came down to the last drive. Um, it was just a really good football game. And we saw all different aspects of scoring. You know, we almost saw a punt return. We saw the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. We saw a defensive touchdown. We saw a wide receiver score. We saw a quarterback score three times. Um, yeah, we got a feel of a little bit of everything. The only thing we didn't really get was those sacks that we anticipated from the Philadelphia Eagles. Do we blame the Eagles defensive line for that? Or do we blame the field of the Arizona Cardinals? That is up for debate. I knew that was coming. <laughs> we'll leave that for there. But now to go back, I thought it was a very good game. Top four, top three Super Bowl in the last 10 years easily. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I have it right now in my top three. I think the Eagles Patriots one would still be at the top and then Oh, I can't. I'm trying to think of the, what I said on the last show. I like. I really liked that. Um, 
what was it? The Patriots Seahawks. Was that the one I mentioned? I that was another good one. I mean, everyone's going to bring it up. I don't want to bring it up, but the Falcons Patriots one was a really good Super Bowl. That, that's it was really good for everybody but you. you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, it was a really good Super Bowl. No, absolutely phenomenal. And I feel like the biggest thing of that game was that defensive touchdown because it felt like Kansas City could not get anything going in that first half after that opening drive touchdown. They had limited Kelsey. They had limited Mahomes. And then that defensive touchdown kind of gave them a little bit of life, right? Even though the Eagles still went on to go on a 10-0 run going into the break, it still felt like, all right, the game's still within our grasp with that defensive touchdown that Hurts ended up fumbling, just basically losing the football, like rolling out. It wasn't like anything. It was pretty much non-contact, and he lost the football. But um, the biggest thing for me, the biggest takeaway is that Jalen Hurts easily could have been the MVP, but they won't give it to the, the losing team anymore. Like, he was clearly the best player on the field, and that was with Patrick Mahomes on the other side. Like, that's a major shout-out to Jalen Hurts. And as an Eagles – yeah, like, if you're an Eagles fan, like, my mom – my mom was upset. She didn't – but, you know, that it happens. My grandmother was upset. Joe knows the fan. They know that they're – my mom's side's diehard die hard birds gang. But um, once the adjustments took place, you saw Patrick Mahomes take it to another level. And it wasn't all him, right? It was so balanced how Andy Reid structured that offense. Pacheco really got going in that second half. Kadarius Toney didn't think I would have never have guessed that he was going to be that big of a factor in this football game than how he was. That punt return sparked him. He got, and then the Eagles really, their secondary had no answer for anything, all those motion sets. They scored a touchdown in that second half on the same play. Put the guy in motion. Quick drag and then butt right back out to the sideline there. Like they were burnt twice. I mean, it was on the goal line, but still, you're still thinking, what on earth is going on? And then Jalen Hurts responds, right? You think Kansas City's up seven. You think it's almost pretty much over. And then Jalen Hurts takes him down the field. Like it had everything you wanted besides that penalty towards the end of the game, which you really don't want to see called. And it ended up leading to Bucker getting a field goal with eight seconds oh. left. But can you imagine the neutral fan begging for a minute 50 on the clock and Jalen Hurts having the ball to go beat Patrick Mahomes? Like, you can't write a better script. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I agree. Um, my four key points was this out of the whole game here. It was All right, okay. Let me hear it. Hurts is a dog. I mean, playing straight simple, dog hurts his dog. We knew he could do it with his legs. I didn't know he could do it with his arm, though. Yo, he was elite throwing. He the football. made some passes that you can only fit in a one, like a one foot by one foot window. And there was at least two or three of them I seen in that game. And I sat back and was like, "Wow, I have not seen this from Jalen Hurts." Right. Have not. That was my first one. Second one, and this was a little more controversial. Okay. Nick Bolton should have had two touchdowns. He should have. He really should have. Because he had the first one automatically. But the second one, there's a lot of talk about that Sanders catch. He catches it two feet down and turns his body slightly. Football no, move. Gets blasted. Return to the house. Calls it back. I'm like, all right, that was my second point. Okay. Third, if you have to blame the loss of the Philadelphia Eagles on anybody, it's Mr. Jonathan Gannon, the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. How ironic is that? Exactly. He didn't even leave the state. Incredible stuff. He just didn't even want to eat it. He just no, he, 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 he probably slept at the stadium. Honestly. Yeah, he loved <laughs> he loved the field so much, the slippery conditions. He couldn't leave. He just had to stay there. Unbelievable stuff. Anyway, and last but not least, people are forgetting about this. Is that big momentum was the fumble, the momentum switch with Kansas City finally came back, got life. 
But do you remember that play before the fumble? No. Lay it on me. It was a third and one. Isaac Sayamalu false started. They shoot back to third and six, and that's when Jalen Hurts fumbled the ball. And they were going to do the QB sneak. Of course. And how many times, or what is the percentage they convert that QB sneak? Do you know it? Oh, it's, I mean, it's got to be up in the 90% range for the state. It is 92%. So I am going to say this. They don't go off sides. Jalen Hurts converts that first down, and the Philadelphia Eagles could be going up 17 points at one point in this game. And it is over. And we're talking about the Philadelphia Eagles being Super Bowl champions. That was my key points of the game. That's fair. Honestly, that last one, I doesn't even like, it doesn't click for me. Like that game probably turns into a route. Like you're like a route. Even Kansas City, even having the perfect second half, would have never been able to come back. Agreed. Wow. No, I didn't even think of that one. Wow. No, that's that was a good one. That last one's deep. Yeah. But honestly, bro, that field was so bad. Like, honestly, I've never seen, I mean, like everybody was slipping and sliding over that field. Because they, why would you relay turf? This is what I don't get about football. It's like when it comes to these Super Bowl games, they redo the football field like a couple days prior before the game. Like, why would you not, if you know your Arizona's eliminated, right? If you're going to do it, do it as soon as it's done because then the field's in somewhat of condition for you to be able to have a good game. Like, yeah, I don't, understand, uh, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't understand the field part. Was there any bowl games there? They had the Fiesta Bowl there. Yeah. That was in early January, though. Yeah, I mean, that's the only thing I could have think is that's why they didn't do the field. But, like, you have a month then at that point still to get the yeah, field in ready I, condition. I don't know, man. But it's the fact bad. that people are talking about how bad your field is other than the game, I think that's a that's very a big concern. It's a very big concern for the, uh, for the uh, NFL. Because at that point, like, when you play in the Super Bowl, you're looking for, like, ideal conditions. That's why they right. choose places with domes. That's why they choose places in warm weather. Well, if you're not going to have these ideal conditions, especially in this case, like with this sloppy field, why not play in somewhere in the Northeast? Why not play in somewhere in, like, Lambeau Field? Like, why not play in somewhere like Seattle? Like, who gives a shit then at that point? Yeah, because um, it just turns into, like, that MetLife Super Bowl. At, at MetLife, the Super Bowl at MetLife, where it's brick out and the field's awful because there's no, it's just ice. Yeah. Like, it, it's just at that point where it's like, you need to make a decision. Like, honestly, if I was, if I'm the NFL, like, I wouldn't want to go back to Arizona for a little while now. Like, oh, yeah. No, it's not. a bad rap. You don't have a choice at that point. Yeah. Like, you haven't had it, you didn't have a problem, you know, in Tampa. What was it last year or two years ago? You didn't have a problem in Miami a few years back. Um, you know, now there's different stadiums now coming along with more domes and stuff like that. So there'll be more opportunities, but yeah, terrible way. We shouldn't even be talking about the field condition, but here we are on the final whistle talking about the field condition. Well, that just signifies on how interesting it, it played such a big component into the game. Right. So, but let's go to the one play that everyone's kind of referring to Joe and that's the holding call by Bradbury at the end of the game there. This is my take on it, right? If you're going to let the players play throughout the game, you don't make that call in that situation. Is it a holding call? 110%. By the book, by the script, it's a holding call. But if you are you haven't made a single holding call all game, even on the offensive line, like you're letting a lot go. You're letting the players play. Why make that call? I think it's counterintuitive. And then if from a neutral perspective, like how I just relayed earlier, that's what you want. Chiefs are up three, minute 50 left. The script is there. Jalen Hurts, you either go tie it 
force it to overtime, you go win the game or you lose the game because you couldn't get it done. Don't get me wrong. I know they didn't call it on the first holding. They called it on the second one where he gets turned around on the wheel route there. They bring it in, little stutter. Juju goes back the other way. Bradbury's burnt and he grabs the jersey. Second off, why are you wearing freaking black gloves on a white uniform on it for your uniform? Because that's going to easily draw the attention of the guys there when you're pulling the jersey. <laughs> wear, the, wear some white gloves, bud. That's what you're thinking about right now. The gloves. Hey, man. Whatever you can do to (laughs) get That was a little bit of a reach there. I'm not going to lie to you. It was a little bit of a reach. (laughs) Oh, a major reach, but that's fine. That's what Bradbury did. A little bit of a reach, you know? A little little bit bit of a reach. reach. A little bit of a reach. I don't know. I would have made the call in that situation because you've let the game go. Now you've made the play that dictates the game. You let the officials become a part of the storyline. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something, and then you're going to give me a yes or no. All right. Did James Bradbury twist or hook an opponent on that play? Yes. Well, according to the rules, that is holding on the defense. No, Durr, I just said that. I didn't say it wasn't a holding call. I said you don't make that call in the moment because you could have called holding throughout the entire game. I'm sorry. I... I don't think the NF. I don't think. I don't think football is based on one play. Oh, it's not. I, I agree. I, with under, that I understand. But it that, is the play that's going to be cemented in history. Yeah. No. Like. Okay. Let's let's run through this. Meanwhile, oh, let me give my statement. I think it was a holding. It was a clear cut yeah. holding. He grabbed the jersey. Even then, turned him on the second round. People were calling it an uncatchable ball, but he could have caught the ball if he didn't get held twice. Who would have well, known? That's why they call it holding. If it was PI, then it would have been uncatchable. Exactly. Um, so holding, but uh, but I don't think the play or one play should dictate the overall um game. I do understand that, but like, let's run through the scenario then. Okay, it's not a holding. They kick a field goal. They would be what up three at that point. Three. Was it? Or, yeah, yeah. maybe up three. 38, yeah, it would still be 38, 35, but about a minute 30, I think, would have been left on the clock. Yeah, minute, minute 40. 30, minute 40, something like that. So they would have had to go on downfield. No timeouts the Eagles had at that point. They would have had to go downfield and score. Or right. not score. They would have had a good field goal, which okay. could have happened. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But you're you're like 50-50 right there, in my opinion. Yeah, but that's what you want from a neutral perspective. You want the ball and the hands going down to the wire there. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not dictating that, like, the game was decided on that play. But you're also, like, in that moment, you're like, damn. Jalen could have had the ball, and that could have been his his leg. That would have been his legacy moment already in his career. Sure. Sure. But in the end, James Bradbury grabbed him. <laughs> what else do you want me to say? The man grabbed We saw the man have <laughs> Juju Smith's jersey in his hand. Off his body. Right. That's fair. That is considered a holding. It is. It's holding. on the defense. And that's where I stand at with it. Okay. All right. But let's but if you want to start talking about plays here, I mean let's start talking about well, plays. All right. What 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 play? All right, because we both let's talk agree about that the, the punt return. The man had a record punt return. What, what? What else? I don't know. Talk about plays. He literally. Darius Tony was a certified bucket somehow at the Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs did not score one time, one time all season. They didn't score from inside the five yard line when they got the ball inside the five yard line. They did not score one time, just once out of I don't know how many drives, right? We're going once to talk about one in, play. Once, once they got inside the five yard line, they could not. They hadn't scored. Yeah, one no, one time they didn't score. Just one time. Oh. Once they got inside the five yard line, they came. So they, were, so they were every all single big, time. All big plays for them to score touchdowns. So if you want to start talking about plays, you gave up sixty yards on a return, and you're worried about five yards on a defensive <laughs> holding. Cause we got a bigger issue here. Get the hell out of here with that. I I don't want to hear it. One play my ass. One play my ass. 
<laughs> I, you know, that play is going to be now all over the news for his for every Super Bowl now. They're going to every time now, every two minutes when the other team's got the ball. Oh, watch out for holding. Yeah. What are you going to do, right? You know, holding there, pump return there. Jalen Hurts fumbled the ball. A goddamn uh, defensive touchdown. How often do you see that? You don't see that very often. How did Mar- Marcus like got every all of his like weird bets right? Good for him. Good for him. I hope I don't see him on the podcast again because he's a millionaire now or something like that. I don't know. I hope he put his money down. Knowing him, he didn't because he's he just decided to be out smarter than everyone else. And he because he texted me right after it happened. He was like, "Huh, I'm a genius." I was like, "Did you put money down?" He goes, "No." <laughs> I was like, "Well, you have no one to blame but yourself, bud." <laughs> Amen. You'd be, to that. Lo- you'd, you'd be you'd be loaded. You got that damn right because that was a nice little payout too. I know. Major payout. Mm-hmm. All right, let's look on the flip side. What if tr- Patrick Mahomes retires right now? What is his legacy? I think he's the top ten quarterback of all time. Top ten. I, okay. I, I, yeah, like I don't know if like if he retired today, like he'd be top ten. Easily, you know, has been the what? This is five a- five AFC championship games. Been the Super Bowl three times. Won it, won it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I I just think like you know you got to think a little more like longevity guys. You know, kind of too like I don't know like if he retired today, five years, right? Great run for five years. Don't get me wrong, but like, are you putting are you putting a Dan Marino over him? Or are you going to take Patrick Mahomes? Taking Mahomes. You're taking Mahomes? Okay. I'm taking Mahomes. Um, you gonna take Drew Brees over him? No. Okay. You take Peyton Manning over him? Yeah. I take Peyton over him. So oh, okay. So you're taking so you're taking Mahomes over Breeze. Is that what you yes. said? Taking Mahomes wow. over Breeze. Okay. All right. Hey I'm man, one 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 Super Bowl, bro. I know, but like you're looking just like at the Super Bowl aspect. Like I gotta look at I'm not, I'm, of a career. I'm also looking at the talent component, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would take, I think Mahomes right now, if he retired, he'd be right on the outside of the top five. I think he'd be in that six or seven range. You got to put Brady ahead of him. You got to put Montana ahead of him. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd put Peyton ahead of him. So there's three. Steve Young? That's close. I think that's a coin toss. John Elway, you got? I got Elway ahead of him. Okay, so you said no Marino, no Breeze. Nope. So I'll put, uh, who else? I'd probably, probably maybe Steve Young ahead of him. Maybe. Okay. I'm assuming you're not. What? I'm assuming you're not putting Russell Wilson then in over him. No, not a chance. Aaron Rodgers. I'm taking Mahomes over Rodgers because wow, Rodgers. Rogers hasn't he has longevity, but he hasn't proved it to me that he can get himself his team to the big game when it matters. I think this season cements more of Patrick Mahomes legacy than the first one because he loses his number one option in Tyreek Hill. And especially in that AFC championship game. I couldn't tell you who was playing receiver at the end of the game. I really couldn't. Like, I think he had MVS and Sky Moore at the end of that game and was absolutely electric sure. on a busted wheel. I think, I mean, so I would probably have him at five or six. Okay. Aaron, don't get me wrong. Aaron Rodgers is the most talented person I've ever seen throw the football. I've never seen a guy spin it like Aaron Rodgers. But Patrick Mahomes has already in his, this is what, year six? Because he took the first year off, and he's had the last five years. He's always been in the conversation championship. Mm-hmm. He's already cemented himself as a first ballot Hall of Famer if he retires right now. No questions asked. And he already has proved that he will produce at on the biggest stages. You haven't seen that from Aaron Rodgers. That's why I would put him ahead of Rodgers. Yeah, Rodgers I mean, continues to fail in that moment. That's that is a very, very fair statement. I mean, if you want to look at it just like a five year, you know, increment, you could put him at the top if it's a five year increment. 
Yeah, it might be one of the best runs we've ever seen from a quarterback in a five-year run. Um, I look a little bit more into like the longevity side of things and the consistency okay. side of things and sure. stuff like that. So that's why I have more at the top 10. But um, I had a couple discussions with a buddy of mine about this Mahomes um, Super Bowl run. This was prior to him winning the Super Bowl. Right. He goes, this is honestly probably the biggest Super Bowl in Mahomes' career at the, right now. I said, why do you say that? And he goes, well, you know, we know he's great. And we know he is the number one quarterback right now. But he might be the only one on the face of the earth or over the last 20 years that we've seen to maybe reach that GOAT status that Brady has put out there right now. Oh, yeah. And this was, like I said, this was prior to the Super Bowl. So he goes, if he doesn't win it, he has now been to three and only won one. And he's starting to go into that LeBron type thing of being there and losing, right? So. Correct. So now he's won. So it's a little more on the flip side. Now right. it's starting to get in the talk of, well, hey, now that GOAT category could really be there, you know? I don't I don't see this team slowing down. Um, I know a lot of people do. Like they see this team maybe settling down. Mahomes' contract's going to start hitting a little too much. They're not able to spend that capital elsewhere. Um, I just don't see that. I mean, he was able to do what he was able to do on the offensive side of the ball with the weapons he had. Granted, he might lose an offensive tackle, and Orlando Brown might lose sure. another guard. Um, you know, but the defense played really well, too, I thought. But he, I mean, he's just incredible. He's incredible, phenomenal quarterback to watch. And, yeah, I mean, he looks like he could potentially be the next Tom Brady, in words of it. And I think that's what cemented him, especially with that win uh, last Sunday. The one I completely agree with you on the Chiefs take, because this team played the third most rookies this year, and they won the title. The other two teams are the first two picks in the draft in Houston and Chicago. Think about that. No, seriously, think about that, though. They play the third most rookies. They have another, like, I think they have another eight draft picks this year. Like, they're only going to continue to build from from youth. Like, that trend's not going to go away because, like you said, Mahomes' contract, Kelsey's contract, those two hits right there are going to significantly decrease your chances of paying other people. But you also see saw this year, Juju took a pay cut. MVS took a pay cut to come play in Kansas City, then to go play somewhere else because they thought champ there was potential championship written all over it, right? Because mm-hmm. I think that's it's going to have that type of effect, that Tom Brady effect almost bringing in some maybe not top tier, but probably that tier below, mid to above average players that'll take the pay cut because they know they'll have a chance to win a Super Bowl. I think, though, the difference between Brady, though, and Mahomes is Mahomes is getting paid. Right. And Brady Brady, continued to take the pay cut year in, year out. Yes. Um, And there's no chance of Mahomes getting kind of like, oh, I'm coming to my end of my contract. Like, I'll take a pay cut. Like, no, I signed for 10 years. So they're stuck with that. But. You know, I was talking. To, I was looking at the contracts actually recently, and like now with the cap going up, Mahomes' contract almost like kind of looks like a steal. Really? Um, like I mean, cap space is up to like I think it's two fifteen or two twenty, and they're supposed to go up to two forty the following oh, year. Oh, that's a big jump. Yeah, like I think the TV deals are supposed to come in or something like that. But I mean, typically, like a star quarterback usually takes what twenty twenty five percent of the cap. Like, yeah, he's gonna be. You're gonna be almost kind of below that eventually. That's um, fair. So does he get close? Do you think he'll get close to seven? No, no, I don't think so. If you had to give him a number right now, what would you say? Uh, I would say max would be five. You think he'll get five? Okay. I, I yeah, I think max. I I think if I, I would had to say play... I I think I have him at four. Yeah, I, I like more. I would say four. I think four is more of a definite. Five is like maybe something happens and he just gets like kind of lucky on one in terms yeah. of that. Because like 
you have to look at it as like an overall perspective thing, right? Like the AFC is just getting going to get stronger, right? Yeah. The NFC looks like the whole mm-hmm. NFC almost looks like it's going into a freaking rebuild. I mean, let's be honest, except the Philadelphia Eagles. I mean, that's their only team. But everybody else is like, there's question marks all over. Like, right. Eagles are the only team that's maybe not a question mark. But, like, the AFC, they just have a lot of young guns and a lot of good teams that, like, now have rebuilt, took the time, were trash, now are a lot better. Like, you got the Bengals. The Bengals were absolutely garbage before Burrow got there. They weren't really anything good. Same Jaguars. Bills, Bills yeah. and Jags before their Lawrence Bills, and Allen. Jaguars. Um, I mean, just right there is three. I mean, Ravens are still always going to be there as long as Lamar's there. Right. Uh, you know, Chargers with Herbert. Nah, nah, nah. Take it easy on Chargers. I'm, so, I'm you, out. You're, on you're done on with the Chargers, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm done with them. That's another discussion. I'm done with them. But all right. Yeah. All right. There's, but like, we named four or five teams right there that on paper could make AFC championship game. No questions asked. Could even make Super Bowl. No question. And that's with Aaron Rodgers potentially even maybe getting traded to the AFC potentially. They can only get more more deeper, right? Maybe the New York Jets. Good Lord, if he goes to the Jets. That'd be a team, though. A young team with some weapons. All right, let's let's switch gears. Let's talk some hoops. First time Mm -hmm. in a long time that we've talked some hoops. All-star weekend. Yeah, your jumper is broke, by the way. We all know that. Facts. <laughs> Let's talk I about. Shot a ba- I haven't shot a basketball in like two years, three years. Did Did you get the Snapchat that I sent out last week of me getting absolutely humiliated on the basketball court? No, I don't think so. But I would have loved to seen it. Oh my goodness! I was so I was playing. All right, before we talk All Star Weekend, <laughs> I was out playing. Um, uh, and you know, I was playing for the staff team for at the university for their intramurals because you know I run the program, so I can do whatever the heck I want. Um, <laughs> I can't. So not gonna lie, I played okay. All right, I made a couple jump shots. I did airball a couple threes. That's when I knew we were actually playing basketball again. This kid on the other side, pulling up from Steph range, easily cross half court, pulling up, bang, bang, bang. All of a sudden, we're picking him up at half court and then quick crossover, and we're getting blown by. The man easily had, like, 35 on us. I was like, this is this. And, like, I'm dying because as soon as I go up and down the court twice, I'm ready to hurl. It just goes to show what my cardio looks like. i just but, get up off the bench and I'd hurl. <laughs> that's fair. But, oh, yeah, it was rough. But, you know, it was a good time. But it was like, I was just like, wow, this is – I am not good at basketball. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk. So All-Star Weekend took place in my uh my my neighborhood down uh, here in Salt Lake City. Um a little bit of a mixed bag of how everything took place. University of Utah hosted a couple of the events with like practice as well as the celebrity game. Um all the challenges as well as the All-Star game took place at Vivint Arena downtown where the Jazz play. Joe, overall reaction of what took place in All-Star Weekend. Good, bad? Um, I think it's starting to just become a little bit of like more of like a just celebrity meetup kind of thing. Um, It's kind of just, yeah, it's okay. Like, I, I always still enjoy that Saturday night kind of gig with the uh, skills competition, the three-point competition, the dunk contest. Um, I still always do enjoy that. The All-Star game, though, is kind of just like, getting more of annoying to say the least um like you're sitting there and you're watching and like there's no defense um they're either lobbing the ball to each other for a dunk or they're shooting threes that are past steph curry's range at this point right um but yeah like i mean the skills competition is always neat. They're they're kind of trying to do something different with like Giannis brothers, and then they get have a team that they're playing with, and then somebody else. And like the host like, team always has a squad now. Yeah, like it's and and then the rookie team they do as well. Like that's all right. Like, that's cool. I kind of like I kind of enjoy that a little bit. You get a little more ra- name recognition out there for them. Mm-hmm. Um, three point competition's always been the same, except like. I don't know how the hell Julius Randall's in it. The man shooting below oh the, God, the so below bad. the three point average. Yeah, I don't know why he's even. We could have been invited at that point. 
yeah, it was horrific stuff. Uh, but yeah, the uh, three point comp- the three point competition was good, and I actually thought the dunk contest was better than previous years. Uh, like, well, that's because it was rock bottom last year. Yeah, like, look, nothing's ever gonna go back to like the Aaron Gordon year, the Zach Levine year, the uh, you know, the Blake Griffin over the Car year. Like, I get that. Like, we're not gonna get back to there. I find, but you know, the that. What's his name? McCollum, the kid from the Sixers. He's not, he just McClung, signed the who just yeah, signed but, like a ten day contract. Goes out, yeah. and freaking wins the thing. I don't know, man, but he he he's got some ups for being a short guy, you know. Um, he does. He got some ups, but uh, yeah, it. White it was, man it can't was, jump, boy. White man can't jump. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's completely false in his aspect, but uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was really good. Like I said, I really like Saturday. I usually try to tune in every year or at least watch it on DVR just to tune in, watch a couple of the highlights and stuff like that. But the all-star game is just, isn't what it used to be. Like early two thousands, like at least guys are playing some high defense on each other, you know, lock up a little bit like, yeah. All right. Maybe you're not going as hard as like a playoff game or even like a regular season game. That's meaningful, but like at least put a body on a guy, you know, um, it's just not like that. I mean, the score was like 185 to 170. Like, yeah, that doesn't happen. Like it doesn't happen in the this NBA. Op- yeah. So this is this is my take on it. I've heard mixed things from the people that I know here in Salt Lake that went. I didn't go. I was just I thought it was gonna. I I have despised the All Star game like the last four or five years. The entire weekend has been bad in my opinion. Like let's look. I think the highlight of it is the Rising Stars Challenge. That was the only thing that I kind of watched because it's like mini games. And those guys actually want to be out there playing. Like, that's the only thing that's kind of competitive because it's like four teams and that's two semis and a final, right? So, like, that was a kind of unique concept that I've liked. Like how you mentioned the name concept type deal, getting more and more young players out there and being able to be involved with it. The celebrity game, I mean, it's – Shits and giggles, of course, but like that was on. I think Friday was the best night out of the three, like with the celeb game and the Rising Stars Challenge. Like those, like in the the celebrity game. Like if you watch those highlights, the guy hits the half court shot at the buzzer, and you're going to have to review to see if it counts for overtime. Like you can't make that up. Like like that's like so much fun. Like the people are having fun. Like DK Metcalf was so much better than everybody else on the court, though. It was absolutely ridiculous. Oh, yeah. But, he got drug tested right after. Oh, 100% he did. 100% the NFL was like, all right, let's 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 do our, let's get it over with. Um, But Saturday, I mean, Saturday was a total dud to me, too. I mean, other than Mac McClung, that was kind of it. Like, if you look at the, the, what's it called, the skills comp or whatever with the teams now, like, none of them can make a jump shot. None of them can make a pass. Like, it was bad. The Utah Jazz team won on a technicality, basically, because they were the hosts. And basically with everything going on that way and how bad the other two teams were, which was Team Giannis and I'm I'm rookies. And the rookie team. The rookie team didn't make a jump shot in that in that game in the on the mm-hmm. final challenge. They made a five-footer at the end. Like that's bad. Like that's just bad, bad. And no offense to the Jazz team, Jordan Clarkson's out there with gold chains and like looking like he just got what we just got asked to play last second to go participate. Like he didn't yeah. look like he wanted to be there. No offense to him. All right, three point competition. You already laid it out. Julius Randle's flipping in it. That's already a red flag. If it wasn't for Dame Damian Lillard wearing his Weber State jersey because he's a went to school out here. That would have been a dud, too. He was the whole reason that th- that thing was even relevant. Because the final was atrocious between the three players. Damian was the only one that had a respectable round. Buddy Hill was okay. Tyrese Halliburton did not make a jump shot in, the, in that final at all after going absolutely ballistic in the first round. So that's my issue with that. And then, I mean, McClung got ripped off. He should have had 450 perfect scores and then i don't know who was the one judge that gave him a nine but mcclung was the only reason it was relevant and that's a slap in the face to the nba you had a g league player want to come up and do the dunk contest and smoked y'all like that's bad 
I all kudos to McClung, but like that's just bad. And the one thing that I've kind of realized is that the dunk contest will never be relevant again because none of the superstars will go out and do it. Zion won't come out and do it. Ja won't do it. LeBron never has never done it. You're never gonna see those those superstars that will come out that will come out and do it like how it was in the 90s with Dominique Jordan. All those guys were willing to come out and do the dunk contest and make it a fun event, right? So that was my issue with that. And then Sunday, they just hacked up 133s, 133 point attempts in the All Star game. I'm making the argument that's worse than the Pro Bowl at this point. Worse, it's worse than the Pro Bowl, and the Pro Bowl was has been atrocious. At least the Pro Bowl is a contact sport like with helmets and danger and stuff like that. That's why they kind of don't play. Basketball, they're playing harder in those pickup games than in the Drew League stuff. Playing harder in that than they are in the All-Star game. I get it. It's midseason, right? And I know I'm going on a full tangent, but no offense. I live in Salt Lake City now. The only reason that they were able to host this year is because, one, it was the 30-year anniversary of when they last hosted the All-Star weekend. And, two, the state sent the NBA money to the owners, and that's pretty much how it's going to be to get into their pocket to do it, right? Last year it was Cleveland, same deal. This year, Salt Lake City, threw money. Next year, Indianapolis, what'd they do? Throw money. At least the NFL is putting it in places where you know it's going to be a full event, a party atmosphere. They did it in Vegas. They do it in Glendale. They do it in Miami. They do it in Hawaii. Like they do it in areas where it's gonna be an event week. No offense to Salt Lake City. It's not gonna happen when it's 30 degrees outside. It's not gonna be an event week. Like, I don't know. There's my tangent on. I I I think it's gotten worse to the Pro Bowl. At this point, you're better off trying to figure out if you do it maybe after the season i know they will never go to that alternative because now they're going to start doing them actually they might because they're going to do that mid-season tournament now yeah forward. I, was, I was about to say that yeah but i don't like it's just my my take is this because i i'm going to ask you but i'm also going to slightly give my answer is okay, what do on. you think what do you think they should do to improve this to try to get it back to what it was in the early 2000s or 90s or 80s whatever it may be so the first issue, first answer would be get the players to even show up on time. They, they're not even required to show up till Saturday now. Some of the guys didn't even show up till hours before the actual game. They, none of them wanted to be in Salt Lake. Yeah, none of them. Yeah, like half, like there was a good handful of players that were in the All Star game that didn't show up till hours before the game. And it used to be they were required to be there by Friday so they could go out to all the events. That's fair. You know, and kind Adam of Adam Silver just does, he, he no he doesn't care. There will be no pushback unless he actually dictates that. Yeah, the players have all the power in that. My big thing would be this: I think if you're shooting, like, let's say this: like, say you're in the top ten or top fifteen and in, in three point percentage, I think you should be you should automatically kind of almost have to play in three point competition. Unless you're injured of some extent, maybe okay. maybe they do something of that nature. Um, now, granted, I understand like this might include like players that like aren't really well known, but if they're shooting lights out from three, then that's why they should be at the three point competition. But that'll get, get you your staff. You'll get you Clay. You'll get your top three point shooters there, though. Yeah, um, Duncan. I understand it's going to be kind of tough because like there's more of an injury risk factor there um, in that, but like. I don't really see much of a difference between that and the all-star game where the guys are out here just doing crazy ass dunks. Um, you can go one of two ways here. And I, I think this is kind of it. You need either either get like with McCull, McCull, is it McCullen, McCullen, who won it? The dunk contest. How do you say his last name? McClung. McClung. McClung yeah. With McClung winning as a G league guy, it's either going to have one of two scenarios. You're going to have the big dogs be like, no, we're not having a G League guy win it. We're going to come back next year and dominate this guy. All right. Or you need to have another route where like more you have these no name guys like from the G League that maybe like really want to play like they just want to get something. I mean, you do win a hundred grand out of it. 
you may see more excitement out of that. Klung um, matched his earnings ever in the NBA by winning that dunk contest. Correct. So, like, you know there's some high flyers down there in the G League. No oh, yeah. questions about it. So, like, at that point, you might as well just get a couple of them dogs down there and let them go haywire, and it'll be a good time and a good time to watch. Like, guys right. are going to love it. So, I, I think it's one of two ways you can go. The All-Star game, I have no idea what to do there. Like, what are you going to do? Tell the guys to play defense, or are they going to tell you to – I honestly, I feel like that's uh, R.I.P. Kobe, but he was the one that would dictate them playing defense, sure. especially sure. and maybe not that first half. But when it got to the fourth quarter and the game was tight, it was always Kobe Bryant that would force the issue. He'd be like, yo, we are right. We are not losing this. Like, you all better start locking up or I'm taking I'm telling your butt to go sit on the bench. and I'll go t- grab somebody off that will come out and play defense with me. That's just the Mamba mentality, right? That was the one thing that, like, gave kudos to the All-Star game is that when Kobe Bryant was in it, there was a, an intensity in that fourth quarter, which we don't see anymore. There's none of that. Like, because he'd be the one that would dictate play. It'd be like, he'd pick up LeBron right there. He'd be like, let's go. Like, I'm going to lock you up and we're here. I'm going to come down the other way and I'm going to put a bucket on you. The only time we really saw that was when Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum went a couple, three possessions in the third quarter against each other. Right. Other than that. And that was like half hearted defense. But like, but that the was other the thing only is this, time that you felt like there was some intensity in that regard. Yeah. But these guys don't want to even really play. They don't want to be there. Like you said, they show up like hours before the game. Like they don't yeah. want to be there because they want to be in the, the Bahamas to take the week off. Yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I, I would too. I mean, let's be yeah. honest here. Bahamas, but, Salt Lake. <laughs> yeah, it's not like it's in like Miami or something like that, or you know, or like Vegas. It's just something that like is a yeah, or LA, just a destination where it's it'll draw Some, them in a little bit more. Yeah, something's going to have to get figured out. Plain and simple. Plain and simple. Yeah. All right. Let's go to our final topic that we've got on our slate tonight. And you know what it is. The big cat was back this weekend, baby. Tiger Woods teed it up for the first time in a PGA Tour event since the Open Championship. And, I mean, he exceeded all expectations that everybody had for him. They were just happy that he was out there. What he do? He played all four days. He made the cut. He gave you some highlights. He gave you electricity. I mean, he was nowhere in the conversation of winning the tournament that John Rom ended up winning, winning and becoming the number one player in the world again. But when Tiger Woods tees it up, there's just a different level of intensity at a golf tournament. And eyes were on full display. I was locked in all four days. I was talking to you on Thursday. I was like, as soon as he teed it up, and I was like, this is like, this is Christmas for anybody that's a golf fan when you get to see Tiger Woods. Because you know, and he was very open about it, you're only going to see him in the majors and then maybe one or two other tournaments, excluding his World Hero Challenge that he hosts, right? So I feel like he hosts Riviera. I think that's what will be one, the other tournament that you'll see him maybe at. Other than that, you may see him one more time, like six or seven tournaments a year is what you'll be happy to get now at this point. Overall expectation of what you've seen from the GOAT this weekend. That red looked good on Sunday still, I'll tell you. Oh, it looked great. He played awful Sunday, but it looked great on him. I I was keeping track. I mean, I was watching Thursday and Friday, of course, but – when the round ended on Friday, there was kind of a question like he wasn't going to make the cut. I I didn't think he was going to make the cut at all. Yeah, like I thought not. there was going to be no shot. It wasn't going to be close. Like um, going into the week, excuse me, going into sure. the week, I didn't think he was going to make it. But all of a sudden I look and I'm like, oh man, the cut line. He's like, he's sneaking in. Then it moved up to even. Then it went back to plus one and moved back. And then I forgot to check later that night on Friday and Saturday rolls around. And uh, I think I checked Twitter or something like that. And it said, yeah. you know, uh, Tiger dropped a birdie putt on one. I was like, wait, he made the cut. Bro, he had an incredible Saturday, though. Um, a couple he, under. If he could have got the putter to going at all this weekend, he, he wouldn't have won. He easily could have had a top 10 finish. If bro, the he's putter gonna, he's, got, if the putter he's gonna win got a tournament. anything. 
He's gonna he, win a he, tournament. He's gonna, he gonna win one. He's gonna get going. <laughs> I mean, he his sweat, dude. The speed's still there. I oh mean, my God, he was lacing the golf ball. Like he was still keeping up with Rory. He was still keeping up with JT. Um, I thought his wedges were really good. I and his putting was the big downfall. Like, but like putting's kind of here and there kind of thing for Tiger. It always has been. You know, he's a red hotter. He's like, oh, oh yeah, okay, Tiger. Yeah. But, um. I mean, what was, I think it was Friday. I think I was watching, man, he missed like five to six putts where I'm like, buddy, you got to make them like, yeah, they're, like, like they're eight footers. They're, you know, 10 footers. Like I understand like you, you make half of them, I get, but like you got to make them You're tiger woods. I mean, it is what it is, but he looked really good. I was really, really impressed by him. Um, you know, he does look like he's still injured. I mean, I don't, his leg or ankle looks messed up still, but like, and all, got, all like he had to wear a fat brace just to even walk the course. Yeah, yeah, he had a ha- he had to hold the third leg in. Um, what are you gonna do, right? You know, uh, <laughs> but it is, it is what it is. I mean, he looks really good. The speed's still there. Um, the electricity's still there. I mean, the crowd's following him. I mean, people still love Tiger. I mean, plain and simple. But yeah, he looks really good. I, I really. Could not say anything less. And I mean, third, I mean, he had, so he did, he couldn't put a string around together, right? Thursday, solid. Friday, struggled. Saturday, great. Sunday, atrocious, right? So, like, he couldn't really get it, put it back to back. But, like, that three hole stretch on Saturday or Thursday to close his round where you thought his body was going to start deteriorating through the day. Like what he did on 16, 17, and 18, like was just like vintage. And it was just like so humbling to watch that we were able to see that again. And like JT was loving it. Rory was loving it. They're all smiling off of 18 because all three of them mm-hmm. birdied 18. And Rory goes, You get to hear like off script. He's like, Ah, shit. I'm going to be the one. I got the closest putt and I'm going to be the one to freaking miss. Because <laughs> JT rolls in a 35-footer off the green. Tiger Pitts makes his 10-footer. But it was just phenomenal to see that. And then Saturday, like, honestly, he came out of the gate so hot. Like, I was expecting him to go shoot low, low. Like, I think he was, like, 400 through, like, 6. Or was it 6 or 7 or something like that? No, sorry, through 9. On Friday nine. you're talking about? I'm talking Saturday. Oh. Uh, Saturday he got, like, the co- 4 under early. Yeah, it yeah. Was he was playing on the backside. Yeah, he got the four under, and then he kind of just petered off towards the end there. But like, I thought I was like, once I saw four under through like nine or ten, I was like, my man's gonna shoot like six or seven under, and he's gonna have he's gonna be like, I've got a top ten in me right here this weekend if I can get there. Yeah, it didn't end up happening, but oh, it was just great. Yeah. Oh, I, I was such I enjoy- a fanboy this weekend. I really was just watching him. I was too. I, this is like the most golf I've watched in a couple weeks now, and uh, I I really enjoy this tournament. I think it's a really nice course. It gives the uh, golfers some uh, some chances, and then it gives them like some tough holes as well. Um, right. My I just had a discussion with one actually one of my buddies is uh, what do you think would be your top five golfers in the world right now, excluding all the live players. Oh, taking the live players out. Okay. Correct. Um, Everyone's like kind of like top five. I have out of the people I've talked to have included three players consistently. It's the last two that it's been kind of more up in the air. Rom, McElroy, Scheffler. Mm-hmm. That's been the top there? three consistently. Yep. Okay. Um, Then I would probably go top these other two guys mm, trying to think who's had a solid year so far because there's a lot of guys that like they may not win but they're like consistently in the top 10 i would like honestly i maybe put Cantley in that conversation yep and then, definitely can't complain and then man i love me some con Morikawa. i really do Love it. I think, that, I, think I would round those would be the two I would round out. What do you got? Absolutely. I uh I I I have more Kawa in there as well. I think he's like four and five. And then I have to give credit when credit's due. Will's outdoors playing some good golf as well. 
He is. I'm, I mean, I know people make fun of his putter, putting and putter. Like, I get it. The man is a vintage ball striker, though. Yeah, like, he finished top five this week and went minus seven in the last round. Like, I mean, he's just there consistently. But you have other guys in there, like um, Justin Thomas is still, you know, great golfer, still has mm-hmm. a chance to win every week. Jordan Spieth still has to be there. Um, Alexander Shoffley, when he comes back from his back injury, still has to be there. There's sure. a, like, there's, I mean, it's just even a couple of guys that could slide up in there. Um, but yeah, like golf's really good right now. Like if, like, I don't if, like, if, cause we're excluding live. I mean, Cam Smith would be my other guy in that top five, but because yep. we're not having talking live, what do you expect? Yeah. Live debuts this weekend. What do you expect out of Seattle that they they got a couple other guys. I mean, they were, they aren't like major names, but like, they're like people that if you're in the golf community, you know who they are, like Munoz and Pereira. I haven't looked at the schedule, like who's playing in that one or not, but I don't know. I think I they mean, got pretty much everybody starting this week. I mean, they've all, they have players like that isn't the problem and they have well-known players. Yeah. They're older. They might be, but they have players. I mean, you got Dustin Johnson, which everybody in the golf world knows who Dustin Johnson is. You got Phil Mickelson, Ian Poulter, uh, Cam Smith, uh, Paparez, Brooks, Brooks like, a lot of these guys people know. Oh, speak sure. about speaking about Brooks. I don't know if you got. Did you get a chance to watch the Netflix full swing series? I yet? watched it all already. Did you? Okay, I'm not done was, yet. I'm on. It, it was really good. I it was good. I liked it. I thought it was good, and, and I thought it was kind of bad. That's I, I mean, it was every other episode. Like one episode would be really good. Next episode would be like a dud. Because I think they were trying to not talk about just the main guys. So they were trying to, and then trying to work in that live golf situation into the documentary. They kind of, I don't think they addressed that correctly personally, mm-hmm. but. I wish I got what more. Episode are you on? Uh, I think I'm on the Fitzpatrick one. That's one I'm on right now. Okay. But I just feel like I wish the timeline was better. Because like you kept yeah they kept, kept flipping back and forth. Yeah. I'm like all right, but like I wish we also got more details in the back. Like it's okay to see certain things, but like I wanted more detail. I wanted more like I like the Poulter episode. I was like I don't really need to watch this because it's like Ian Poulter. He hasn't really done anything relevant. Sure, but like I also enjoyed it because like you really got to see more of the backside of Ian Poulter. Right. Which I kind of enjoyed. So like I don't know, like some guys you got a little bit of the backstory, and some guys you get you didn't. And I'm like I I don't know, I want that, but I understand they had a tailor to the non golfer as well to watch too. Um, yeah, I think so. the biggest. I mean, I'm not gonna spoil anything for you, but there's a couple. You're at five, episode five. There's one more episode that I really liked. So okay. after that, so fair enough. See if it's the same one that we're talking about but fair enough no i i agree i think they focus a lot on the golf component because they needed like because like for the average golf fan they did they explained golf over and over again i just tuned out honestly for like a five minute stretch in every episode because i was like all right they're gonna go over golf again so i can scroll through my phone until they actually get back to the actual stuff correct but correct not not a bad idea by Netflix whatsoever to actually loop golf into the documentary world. No, I agree. Um, I think they do a really good job sometimes with documentaries in terms of like this. I've watched a couple of the sports ones um, that they've done before, and like and the one Man- they have a- the Manti Teo one that they do. Yeah, phenomenal. And very good one. I watched the and one one, which was really good, good too. One, yeah, um, yeah, they do a really good job. I just I. I thought it was going to be more like the N1 one, and it wasn't. It was more like the F1 series, and I watched sure. a couple episodes, and I just wasn't as big of a fan. So, Yeah, it's fair. Good job, buddy. I think that we, I think we did a good job this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I think we did. Uh, hit a lot of different topics this week. Um, definitely have to come back next week. We got a... We got, we got the NFL all season in full swing right now. Um, I have already done one mock, uh, and I plan. Have to you? Re- oh yeah, I've already done one mock, full time mock. Oh, I um, can't wait to see your mock next week. And uh, I, you know, we're gonna probably do a couple more before next week as well. 
Um, <laughs> just thoroughly enjoy. I I actually really really enjoy this time in the off season. Um, because there's so much going on. There's free agency pickups. There's cuts. There's trades. There's the draft coming up. They got the combine. You got the whole nine yards. Um, it's a really really good time in the NFL to really tune in. And uh, so yeah, maybe we'll get into a little bit of discussion of that. We got golf full swing right now. Masters in about less than a month and a half away. So we'll we got that coming up. Basketball is going to start getting back in a full swing. College basketball March Madness isn't too far away. It's a good time for it's a good time for sports, man. It's a good time for sports. I know. I feel like January and February are like the peak of like the sports season because like everything's kind of in full swing. I mean, spring training just started for baseball. Like you have everything going on. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. I think we'll definitely be talking some football, some basketball, some golf next week. I mean, I'm gonna we're gonna have a debate next week that I'm gonna pose a question to you about postseason sports and we'll see see where your head's at um, in that regard. But you got uh, it. It sounds good. Uh, as always, everybody. Um, Joe, why don't you sign us off? As always, you've gotten the hang of it really good. Uh, you want me to get this? All right, ladies and gentlemen, make sure you do uh, check us out on YouTube at the Final Whistle, Instagram, TikTok, wherever your social media platforms are. Make sure you're following us there. Subscribe to us. Uh, make sure you're listening on all the different platforms that we are on to check that out too, as well. Just give us a like there. You know, keep us going, man. Keep us going here. Always. Um, man, make sure you tune in next week. We'll be right here. We'll be right back. Maybe we got to get back on a stricter schedule here. I mean, hopefully we'll see how that goes, but, um, maybe Blaine doesn't get snowed in or something like that. I don't know. So we'll get back to we'll it. See, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. We'll see how it goes, you know, but yeah, we'll get back to it and make sure you tune in next week. And, uh, yeah, as always take it easy, folks. Ooh.